Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, January 26th, the shoplifting snitch edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another podcast called The Best Advice Show, and I'm dad to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two. We live in Detroit. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer and contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column. I'm mom to Naima, who is nine and three quarters, and we live in Los Angeles. And I'm Carvel Wallace, a writer and podcaster based in Oakland, California, and also the new co-host of Slate's How To. And I'm the father to Georgia, who is 17, and Ezra, who is 19. Welcome Welcome back to the show, Carvel. Happy to be here. Those words just came tumbling out automatically like they lived in my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they never leave. They never leave. Carvel was my predecessor on Mom and Dad Are Fighting. I replaced him. Mm And so I'm trying to think, because that was 2018, I believe. Might have been 18. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 2018. I don't know what time is. Like, why are you putting me in the spot no, trying to no. figure out I know. time? I can't do I that. Know. That's beyond my skill set. <laughs> Every day is one day. That's all I know. <laughs> one day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. And on this day, uh, we've got an interesting question about a group of freshman girls who won't stop shoplifting makeup. Bro. Our letter writer is mulling over if she should let their parents know or if she should just keep quiet. Then, if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we're going to dive into the great sleepover divide. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Jamila said it before, there's this weird like letting go that is the long game of parenting. It's like you let go of the rope piece by piece, bit by bit. And sometimes the moment of letting go is like you're afraid and you're not sure about it, but you still do it. And I did that with my kids I don't know if it was always the right decision. I mean, Ezra told me recently that when I sent him to a sleepover one time at this kid's house, they all snuck out. They were like in fourth grade. They all snuck out and went to Jack in the Box at like midnight, which is like way. And I just was like, you and your dumb friends were like wandering around <laughs> in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Like, that's a terrifying thing. But the thing is. When I look at my own childhood, I was doing all kinds of stuff that if my parents knew I was up to, they would be terrified. That's part of the thing of it. Being a Slate Plus member means that you get a bonus segment from us each week, unlimited access to the Slate website, and perhaps best of all, zero ad interruptions. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash plus. Okay, we're going to dive into our triumphs and fails of the week, but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. 
For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back. Carvel, would you like to go first? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with a fail um, because they're so much more interesting than triumphs. This just happened a couple, like a few months ago. As some of you may know, my son Ezra has graduated from high school and moved to New York City. He's not in college. He just decided to move to New York City, saved up a bunch of money from his various jobs, and he decided to go there and just take a crack at life. He doesn't really have a plan. He's got some subsidized housing through a family friend for now, and he's just out there doing it. And it's terrifying, but I also, you know, what are you going to do? Like, I'm happy for him. So, um, I was out there visiting a couple months ago and um he's living in this apartment and it's he's got nothing his like his you know cans of beans are on the floor I mean he's living oh you know gosh. like a 19 year old living on his own so at some point I said uh I des- developed this plan that I was going to like take him shopping at IKEA and at the grocery store and I was going to do this big thing where I was going to set up his whole space for him and I had been at IKEA the day before and I was like picked out some shelves and oh this will be good for the thing and you could th- this will be good for a pantry I had this whole vision so I told him yeah tomorrow son like leave your day clear you and me are going to go to IKEA we're going to go to the grocery store we're going to get everything done it's going to be this thing and he's like oh, okay dad sure and I have this vision in my mind that it's going to be this great day of like father son bonding setting up mm-hmm. we're putting together lamps we're putting together dressers we're laughing we're bonding and all of my excitement I failed to notice that he was kind of like resistant and maybe even a little quiet about stuff. He just wasn't as excited as I thought he was. And so finally, at some point we got to these little Ikea carts that were like $19 a pop that I just knew up and down were going to be like the key to making his whole kitchen work. And I was feeling so proud. You know, I've lived on my own since I was 17 years old. Okay. I'm 48. And so I have a lot of pride in my ability to be like a functioning adult. Like, you know, even when the kids were little, I was a stay at home dad. I ran the kitchen. Like I'm like Mr. Homemaker and I have all this pride in it. And I was just so excited to pass this on to my son, you know? And so I didn't notice that he was kind of resistant. And so when I whipped out the plan about these Ikea, like sort of rolling cart things that he could use as a pantry, he was just like, well, why do I need those? And I'm like, well, I, I, because you do. And he's like, but why? And this like little fight started and it turned into this big fight. And I could not figure out why this kid was like mad at me. Like I'm paying for everything. I'm sharing all this knowledge. Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. And we're like, the tensions are getting high and we haven't fought in a long time because at a certain point I just started treating him like you're an adult. Like you're, I'm not going to fight with you anymore. Like you're, you know what I mean? You're not 14. Like I'm not trying to get you to do your homework anymore. You're on your own. So like, it felt a little bit weird to be in like conflict with what is kind of this grown man at this point. And then at some point he just said, dad, you never even asked me if I wanted to do this. Like you never even asked me. And I was like, Mm. oh my God, he's right. Like I never even asked him. He was like, you can't talk to me like this. I'm not a child. 
And of course, in my mind, I'm like, of course you're a child. You're just a baby, a <laughs> newborn babe out there in the world. But what I realized in that moment is that he was right. I had come with this whole vision that was just like based on me being in charge, domination control. Here's what I'm going to do. You just step back. Dad's going to handle everything. And that he wasn't there for that. And he wanted to collaborate. And that's why he was getting mad at me. And he just said it like straight, like, you can't talk to me that way. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I can't. I'm so sorry. Like my bad, you know? And then after that, it was cool. Like we went, got the stuff. He turned out he was really into the Ikea trays. <laughs> he was like, these are actually really helpful. I'm, you know, and we had like a normal thing, but it was just, mm. I like really, I like really fell into the trap of just like sliding into this dude's life and trying to like dominate and control and manage it because I felt that I had all this wisdom and he needed it. Parenting kids who are adults is different than parenting little kids. That's all. Once you, you gave each other permission to, to proceed as you were, like, did, did you still come at it with like, oh, you should get this thing for the kitchen? Or were you more open to like, what do you think you should have to organize your spatula? Well, what's interesting is that he changed. Like, he was more open to it because he felt like he was willing to hear it. The thing I've re really been impressed with him that he can do that I can't is he can change his attitude on a dime. Like, I get stubborn and stuck in something. Mm. And so if my ego's hurt, I'm going to be, even if I know you're right, I'm still going to grump around for a good little while before I finally come through. And he can just say what's on his mind. And if he feels like it's been heard, he'll drop it. And that's what he did in that conversation. Like he was all tense and weird and conflictual. And then finally he said what he needed to say. I heard it. I acknowledged it. And then he was done. Like it was no more conflict. It was like, okay, so what do you think I should get? You know, I don't know. It just like changed the whole vibe. It's like, he just needed to be acknowledged in this particular way. And to his credit, he advocated for that acknowledgement so clearly. He's growing up. Parenting from babyhood is like stepping back slowly, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. stepping further and further back. Mm -hmm. And it is a terrifying act. I'm sitting here ready to have an anxiety attack. Just the <laughs> idea of my daughter being 19. I really have gone through all the ways that I'm not prepared for it. And, yeah. you know, that I, that I, I uh, God, yeah. it's really scary. You. <laughs> yeah will he just call you and check in yeah he does call me he calls me a lot because he he needs help with a lot of things like how do i fill out this 1099 just what what should i do with this chicken is this chicken still good it was frozen and then it wasn't frozen now you know stuff like that mm -hmm. and so he does call me for advice a lot and we have a standing sunday phone call that we always do that's where we just like freeform. We just, he just goes off on whatever he's thinking about. And we talk about just whatever stuff. And it's really nice. It's like really nice right now. By the way, 1099s and chicken. I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. With either <laughs> of those. They're such adult things. How would you know that? How would you know what to do with <laughs> how those would I know? <laughs> Jamila, how about you? What went on this week? So I think I mentioned in the last episode that I've been having a bit of a tough time. And got some very kind emails from listeners. Thank you. You are always so oh. sweet. But one of the challenges that I'd been having prior to Thursday the 12th uh, was that I wasn't writing on a regular basis. As you all know, I'm working on a book and I'd had like a hardcore month of between the holidays and just kind of writer's block, you know, like just not writing. It was bad, you know, like my deadline is this summer and I've got a lot of it done. So it's not, you know, that I'm necessarily 
off, off. But, you know, this book is a living, breathing thing that has to be delivered by a certain time. And I need to be consistent with it. You know, Um, I understand that not every writing day is going to be a good writing day. But more often than not, I should be writing. And I just was not writing and not writing, you know, much else either, aside from the column I do for Karen Feeding, um, which I've been consistent with uh, since 2018, and I'm proud of that. Um, But anyway, uh, on the 12th, I started this ritual that I've used in the past of meditating and then journaling and then writing, and I wrote 1,400 words, and the next day I wrote 1,500, and... Since then, I have written every working day, uh, with the exception of Monday the 16th, because my daughter was off of school. But I've written every day, whether it was for the book or an article. Uh, and I've written an article for another publication. I did a freelance piece, and I hadn't been doing those very often. I need to be doing them more often now. Um, but I was trying to be committed to the book. And I wrote my slate column for this week early and I wrote some jokes and I just wrote. And so I feel good uh, as a writer right now. Like, I feel like I'm in it. And that's really significant because for a while I was not. It was very scary. And then, like, the act of getting back on the horse becomes so anxiety inducing, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and just goes on and on. But I think I'm back. That's awesome. Nice work. Thank you. I super relate to that. It is really hard, especially after a long period of not writing to get back on. Like every time I don't write for like a, a couple of days, a week or so, I start writing and I'm like, wait, what, what are work? Like, what how do this? you write? What's this sentence? I have no idea what's going on. It's so stressful. So I, I just, I really feel that struggle. And I'm, I think you're doing, first of all, when I was writing my book, which is still in edits, but I was told by everyone I knew that no one turns their book in on time. Yeah. And I can't figure out if that was if I needed to hear that or if I didn't need to hear that because Oh yeah. I'm you definitely know what I'm not. Saying? July does not represent on time, by the way, of where <laughs> okay, the ori- okay. book was there originally due. This is okay, the new deadline. This go. is the deadline that mama has to make. That's so what she I like can to get hear. her check. Okay. Okay. Know, right. Yeah. That because that's it becomes the other thing is that you don't get the check and now you're out here broke and then you have to keep yeah. taking this is what happened to me. And then I had to keep taking freelance articles that I was like yep. kind of so so on because I needed to keep the lights on, which then got in the way of me writing the book and it becomes yep. this cycle. So I'm I'm there with you. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> Thank you. I have uh, a little triumph in the wake of a bit of a failure. As our listeners know, Ami especially, my two-year-old, but Noah even sometimes too, has trouble sleeping. And last night was one of those nights where it was like, Noah was up at 12.30, and then Ami was up at 1.30, then Noah was up at 2.30. They were just trading off being a pain in the butt, Yikes. you know? Um, and fortunately, neither of them were sick. They just like weren't sleeping well um we've gotten back into not a great habit of ami will he can like sleep till four and then we go in there when he starts crying and he like won't let us leave he's like lay down lay down it's so cute and he's so cuddly um and then if we try to leave he'll just like wake right back up so like one of us is like sleeping in there with him from four to seven which isn't isn't great for his sleep training but it's kind of nice so it was a pretty sleepless night. I read some Carvel Wallace archival work when I couldn't go back to sleep. And then finally this morning, Noah woke up like an hour before she usually does. 
And often when she wakes up before Shira and I are up, she will like come in and ask for the TV or for the iPad. And if we're too exhausted, we sometimes let her do it. But this morning I was like, no, if you want to be up right now, you can go and read in your room. And she did. Mm. She went and uh, turned her lamp on. She went to the bathroom by herself and she was reading, um, you know, looking at looking at her books. She's uh, she can identify letters. So there was the triumph in her actually going and and heeding that call to not watch the iPad, but actually, you know, just entertain herself, which she also has a hard time with, but is getting better mm-hmm. at. Um, and then also, she was like, when, when I did get up, she's like, I want to start, I want to actually learn how to read. I don't want to just do picture books. So that was exciting, too, that she's like jazzed about learning to read. And so it, it kind of made the sleepless night a little bit better, you know, having watched her make that that leap of maturity. Um, which was really the first time I think that she's she's done that. So yeah. it's amazing how many of the triumphs that we have in the show are just like my kid agreed to do something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the kid just my kid said agreed yes. to let me Child shop for furniture yes. with him. <laughs> to my will, they're in charge. Yes. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. See you back here in a minute. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. We are back and ready to hear our listener question, which is being read by the wonderful Shasha Leonard. Dear mom and dad, my high school freshman daughter told me that two of her friends like to shoplift items from Sephora. They will go in a group or alone and walk out with things they didn't pay for. They justify it by saying the company makes so much money, they won't miss the items they take anyway. One family is upper middle class, the other more well off. So essentially, neither kid needs to steal. My daughter told the girls they need to stop. What if they get caught? Don't they feel guilty, etc.? But that hasn't changed anything. I know the moms from an after-school activity. We are friendly, but not friends. If my kid was stealing, I would want to know. But a big part of me thinks that this is going to turn into a shoot-the-messenger situation if I say something to the parents. How would you handle this? All right. Um, yeah, my answer is going to suck, but uh, I think you kind of got to stay out of this one. Mm. These uppity heifers will destroy your child socially. It is not worth it. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe if you were friends with the women, I, the burning desire to tell my friend, you know, here's what's going on with your daughter might change my answer. And even then I'd say like, but you cannot let them find out 
that my daughter told you. Like that is incredibly important. You know, like you have to look through some, you know, look through her makeup, ask her how she got stuff, follow her to Sephora, whatever you do to bust her. You cannot let my child take the fall for this because as much as these girls deserve to be punished, you know, like, and there's some tricky variables. Like if these are girls of color, like what getting arrested could mean for them. You yep, know what I part. mean? Like mm-hmm. they're so them getting in trouble is kind of a precarious thing. But regardless of their background, while they deserve to be held accountable, I don't think your daughter needs to suffer for that happening. And so unless you know for a fact that you can trust these women not to tell, which you don't because you don't know these people, I think you should stay out of it. I mean, if you really want to be a superhero about this, if you're so pressed, you can try to find a time where they're in Sephora and like just go snitch on them. Wait, find a time when they're in Sephora and go snitch on them to, to Sephora staff. Ooh, okay. You know, or just roll up on them. Be like, yeah. I know you and I just saw you steal that lipstick. You yeah. know? Just catch yep. them right outside the right outside the shop. In a perfect world, you could just confront the kids yourself. Like, look, I'm not getting in this with your parents for now, but you need to stop. But I mean, whatever, because they might just pay you lip service to your face and keep on stealing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I tend to agree. I mean, I tend to agree with everything Jamila said. Like, the my first thought is like, well, if are these white kids or are they not? Because if they are, that's one thing. If like my black daughter and her black friends were shoplifting. I probably would feel like I would want to tell the other parent because like it has the potential to not just be like, oh, kids are being kids. Like this could turn into something that is like real serious for people real quick. Mm -hmm. So I think, and I I would expect the other parents of color would appreciate that, you know, but no, Jamila's exactly right. Like this thing where one kid becomes like the snitch in a group and the other parents find out because of one kid that like the repercussions of that go on forever. And I know this from experience because we had that exact same thing when my kids were in their teens and something was going on and my son mentioned it to me and it was like troubling. So I mentioned it to a parent and then the parent like a reacted terribly, but B my son just experienced just years of like everyone being like, you can't fucking tell him anything. He'll fucking tell his dad right away, blah, blah. And I just was like, Oh, my bad son, (laughs) you know, like my bad. And it was like, it was a safety situation. So I still feel fairly okay about mentioning it but i did see how how that ostracized him for a long time and yeah you don't want to, your your daughter doesn't deserve that this is assuming your daughter's not out there shoplifting too which i you know everyone it's always the other kids it's never your kid it might be your kid too mm-hmm. i mean i i tend to think that shoplifting in general from like a huge corporation is like people may kill me for saying this. I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world for a kid to do. Um, it's not ideal, but I also don't think it's like something where there has to be an immediate intervention. I would mostly leave alone. I would tell my, my daughter, like uh, if I ever catch you doing this, there's consequences. I'm not leaving that alone. So just be on your guard. But outside of that, like these kids are going to do what they're going to do. And if they end up having to like deal with security and having authorities get involved, then that's kind of on them. Yeah, I mean, the big factor, like you mentioned, Jamila, is that this parent is not friends with the people. It would be a totally, I think it would be a totally different situation if they were. And also, it does seem, of course, we don't know uh, if the daughter is telling the truth, but it seems like your daughter is telling the girls they need to stop. What if they get caught, et cetera, that like, that's a triumph. <laughs> you know, your kid's not stealing. Your kid is, uh, you know, has a sense of, has a sense of ethics there. So if that's true, then like, I don't know if that's, you're kind of coming out. In a, in a good spot there. 
And it's good to know that your child, I mean, you know, again, if they're being on the up and up, now you two plant that seed in my head. I'm like, I didn't even think about that. This kid could be in on it, you know? This kid. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's good that your child trusts you to tell you things like this, you know? Yeah. And hopefully they'll continue to trust you to tell you things that are troubling. And if you, there is a, a time where you have to intervene, you simply must intervene. But you know, better to establish your, this is a good low hanging fruit, you know, way for you to establish yourself as a safe space without there being a lot at risk here. Yeah. I, I want to echo that. That does indicate that like you, you have a fairly good relationship with your kid that, that they would bring this up and they would like, you know, have this conversation with you and seek your input and advice on that. Um, Cause that's really what it is. And when I say the kid might be in on it, I don't know that the, like necessarily the ringleader, but uh, you know, oftentimes my experience with teenagers is that they will tell sort of 80% of the truth, but there'll be a little extra 20% that they keep in the back pocket. And, you know, so like that could be the case here too. So not to suggest that this kid is like secretly some kind of a criminal mastermind, but the kid's self-reporting has them as like this angelic figure, like, how dare you in the eyes of the Lord, like steal, you know what I mean? And it's like, maybe it's a little bit more complicated than that, but on the whole, the kid is like trying to do the right thing and is unsure how to handle the situation. And so is the parent. And I think you kind of have to leave it alone and just worry about your own kid and make sure your kid knows that there will be significant consequences if they get further into this. Pay attention to your child's makeup collection, you know, yeah. just be aware of, of what's there and, you know, how much you're giving them, if they have an after school job or not, you know, mm -hmm. like how they might be acquiring makeup mm -hmm. um, because I didn't boost, but there were boys who did in my class mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure I got something at some point, you oh, know sure. what I mean? So. Yeah she might be getting things from them, which I'm also mm -hmm. like, that is so not a crime. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, uh, but um, just pay attention because that, you know, that could certainly be a gateway into getting involved with it herself, you know, to just take things and be like, wow, this is what I get from just being a friend of a booster. Imagine mm. if I started taking things myself. Well, thank you so much for writing in. If you have any advice for our letter writer, we're all ears. Send us a voice memo or email to momanddad at slate.com. And that's it for our show. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Audio at Slate. For Jamila Lemieux and Carvel Wallace, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.